Alrighty, friends, we're back. It's your favorite podcast of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 617. We are recording on April the 25th. And uh, Brianna, how are you? I'm good. I'm busy. Like it's, you know, baseball season or like watching my team, but now it's also baseball season for my kids. This is first. So all of you parents out there that are like, hauling kids to games and doubleheaders and that's your entire weekend props to you lots of respect but um I'm good you know I was in LA last week for the Variety Entertainment Marketing Summit which was awesome great event and really enjoyed speaking on a panel out there and you know met a lot of great people and so now I'll just um here preparing for new fronts and all the crazy stuff happening in the TV industry what's going on with you how are you yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, excited about baseball. Uh, I was at the Jays game last night, actually, against the White Sox, the, the opener there, uh, which they won, which was great. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the best time of year for sports, right? And then you have NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. My Leafs, like, stormed back down 4-1 last night in the third to come back, tie it, and then win in overtime uh, against Tampa. So that was amazing. Um so they have a 3-1 series lead. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, weather's good. Um, I'm getting ready to head out uh, next week to Rotterdam for the Geospatial World Forum. Um, so if you're out in that world, uh, you know, come say hi. Love to see you. Um, but yeah, everything's, everything's going okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got uh, our usual four stories for you this week and kind of going all over the world. And I'll let uh, Abriana start us off. Yeah. So let's start off in the gaming industry this week. Um, and, you know, we've talked so much about like Niantic and Pokemon Go and how they really, I would say, merged um, through AR, the, the physical and the digital worlds and did a great job and um, massive adoption, right? Well, now... Niantic has partnered with um, Japan's Capcom company to unveil a new game um, called Monster Hunter Now. So the premise is that this is like this fantasy themed geolocation game and, um, you know, it's role playing. So players can find each other using their smartphones, obviously, in the real world. And then they can work together to either trap or kill these monsters. And so it's overlaid on like this fantasy version of the real world. So, for example, um, Tokyo's Shibuya Entertainment District, it can become this like swamp, you know, filled with monsters or it could become a vast desert. So kind of just like bringing all of that together um, and they can even bring monsters back home that they find on their travels, apparently. So it's free to play. It looks like it's going to launch in September and it's going to feature like in-game purchases as usual, right? It's not necessarily going to be critical to advancing in the game, but it will allow probably for people to, you know, spend a lot more money there and um, obviously drive revenue. So for Capcom, this is interesting because this is kind of an attempt for them to capture that share of market on the expanding global smartphone game because they've primarily been focused on like console and PC games. And so now, um, you know, mobile accounted for like half the industry gaming um, revenue last year with uh, $92 billion. That is like massive, massive opportunity. $92 billion, um, that's US dollars. 
So that outweighed both console and PC games combined. Um, and so I think that we just like, this is a huge opportunity that they're seeing and, and Capcom is Japan's top maker of these big budget titles for consoles and PCs, but hasn't done much to drive revenue in mobile. So I think this is a great opportunity for them to either take an existing game and make it, you know, available for mobile or, you know, continue to partner with like Niantic and like big titles and get, and make that four way into, into mobile. So, um, I think this is interesting. I, you know, something, I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but my question with some of these games that are like merging that real world and digital world, when you are out walking around, when you're so immersed in your phone, I mean, even just like texting while you're walking and crossing a street can be kind of dangerous. And I wonder at what point are we going to hear stories of like, this is a danger, <laughs> like so entrapped in the screen that you are not watching your surroundings. However, I think that in the right environment and like parks and like getting people out and walking around, it's fun. And, you know, Pokemon Go did an excellent job of getting people out and about. And so it'll be interesting to see if this monster hunter now is going to um, drive the same type of results or, you know, even come close to scratching the surface there. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I, you know, I love the, the Pokemon Go initiative when it started and kind of the partnerships, you know, with, with merchants and retail. Um, and I think this, this sort of space in, in general of, you know, location-based, geolocation-based games layered on physical world, you know, and, and digital world, I think is still in its early days. I think there's a lot happening there. Um, you, you know, um, looking ahead to our retail local conference coming up June 13th, 14th, uh, at Mall of America, one of the main sponsors this year is a company called Atlas Reality. And they're also in this, um, uh, space. So they have a location-based game partnerships with brands like you know uh, Burger King and such, and so you know you kind of you know play the game on rewards, you know cash in those rewards at physical uh, you know uh, merchants, um, you know. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about the power of what's going on here. What I like specifically about this partnership is you know you've got two big players essentially coming together in Capcom. You know, we all know Capcom from the console gaming side, you know, Resident Evil and Street Fighter and all these big games, you know, that have been out there for a long time, generating billions of dollars uh, in revenue for them. And but as you pointed out, like they don't really have a major play in the mobile uh, gaming side of things. So, you know, teaming up with Niantic makes a ton of sense for me to do that. I like that they're also pulling their existing sort of characters from the, their their console gaming franchises into the physical world. And I think for me, that's going to resonate really well with, you know, that kind of younger audience uh, that already knows the Capcom games and now can just play them, you know, in a mobile environment, you know, on an airplane, while they're traveling, wherever they are with their family, you know, those kinds of things, I think makes a ton of sense. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be a big win for both companies. All right. On to our second story. So this one's kind of interesting. It kind of hit my radar this week and I'm like, okay, I, I think I need to like talk about this. So Redbox, you know, the, the kiosks, you know, that you can rent uh, movies from uh, has a partnership with Dollar General. And so they uh, have announced uh, that uh, they're adding 1500 new Redbox kiosks over the next two years bringing the total in their partnership with Dollar, Dollar General to 5,000 locations by the end of 2024. And, you know, I look at this and I go, wait a second, like, like 
and and the reason this kind of came on my radar is Redbox, you know, was very active LVMA member in the early early days, um, and you know, speaking at all our conferences, all that kind of stuff. And I remember kind of going back and hearing some of those comments about how successful their loyalty program was, like one of the most you know sort of uh, engagement uh, loyalty programs out there. Um, and I'm like, wow, is like, is this still relevant? Are people still, you know, renting movies from, you know, a kiosk in a, in a retail store? Well, they are apparently. And so they've added, you know, all these new movie rentals. Um, apparently it's jumped 102% in the last three months. Um, and this is all being driven by, you know, them starting to add the latest movies to these, to these kiosks. And I'm, I, you know, I wonder for me, and this is a question because I don't have the answers to it, is is that, is it a pushback from, you know, where we are right now from an economic perspective, inflation, you know, all these subscription services, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix and Amazon Prime and all these things and people cutting back on some of those and saying, you know, I'll just go and rent, you know, the latest movie when I want to, you know, that one movie as opposed to paying a monthly subscription because, you know, I, I need to cut somewhere. Um, and so I'm wondering if that's, you know, a factor here. Um, so to me, this is super interesting. Uh, and they say they've seen a 50% increase in monthly active users to a total of 60 million. Uh, that's, these are big numbers, right? So Redbox is still, you know, making it happen. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is really interesting. And the reason why my gut tells me that this works is because of the clientele that Dollar General has, right? And I think that this isn't necessarily saying that there is a decrease in streaming or um, a decrease in spend on um, you know, ad-supported video on demand or subscription-based video on demand. I think that it is showing that there is a specific market that is tailored towards that. So you're not going to put a red box outside of a Saks Fifth Avenue, but you will put one outside of a Dollar General. So I think that, um, you know, it's easy for people, they're used to it. And and I think that it's also maybe more of like a, a demographic and cultural offering that fits really well with where they're, they're doing that. So I think that it's great that Redbox is like buying more time and seeing growth and continued at least revenue coming in. Um, but I, but I really think that this is a short window of time that they have available here and they've got to continue to look to how do we remain relevant in five years? Because I'm not sure that in five years time, this is going to still be applicable. I don't know. So, so what you're saying, Ariane, is the, the, the trend we've been watching about like the store inside of the store, like, you know, putting a Sephora inside a, you know, Saks or you know, whatever, these kinds of things. Um, we're not going to see the return of Blockbuster inside of, you know, Dollar General. That's, that's I don't, thing. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, right. I, I think that there's like a, a deadline here to be had. Okay. All right. That's my, <laughs> okay. that's my suspicion. Um, all right. And now we're going to shift over to more of a true like location story. Um, you know, it's been a while, but we used to talk about a company called Point Inside outside of Washington that did a lot of, you know, let's say what the name is, uh, indoor location tracking amongst other things. And um, we haven't really heard a lot from them in a while. And the announcement came out that Maps People, who's headquartered in Denmark, has, you know, offices around the world, 
has reached an agreement now to acquire all of the US-based point inside customer contracts um, and, and their indoor mapping assets. So the um, when you think about like, well, what does that mean? Indoor maps, there's more than 1,800 shopping malls in the US, more than 200 airports around the world. And really this is focused on helping map um, maps people to, I would say, accelerate some of their opportunities, right? So they have these strategic verticals that they're going after and now they've acquired their, their contracts, right? Um, and it also is gonna add some new products to their, their current portfolio. So they've been doing a lot of point of interest data, location-based services, last mile delivery services, and now they've got kind of these indoor maps. Um, and they also gained a UK customer base with more than 170 large retail stores. So I think that like this is really a, um, it, you know, it's interesting. We see some of these investments and I think that they're just not, you know, the investors are probably thinking, okay, like we're just, you know, we're paying the bills, we're keeping the lights on, but this is not going to be like a unicorn. It's not, we're not going to see um, this company hockey stick. So how can we consolidate and diversify or just kind of get out of, of where we are? And I think we're going to continue to see things like this happening in the indoor or just location data space in general. Um, and so they're expecting to, to close this acquisition this month. Um, and this is ASG Advisors is the acting uh, business advisor to point inside. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think that it's interesting just to see stories like this pop up. It's obviously a huge benefit to maps people. Like, let's take that over. Let's diversify our offerings, you know, maybe grow what we're doing. And they're seeing more steady growth. So it's probably um, a pretty fair deal for, for both of the company's objectives at this point, it sounds like. But it does make you say, hmm, just a little bit, what's happening? Yeah, it's an interesting one, right? Like, I think, uh, you know, this is a company, as you indicated right at the start, you know, we've been you know, covering them for a long time. They were one of the very early members of the LBMA. I remember when we first opened the chapter in Seattle, Point Inside hosted that uh, that uh, event uh, with us. Um, so, you know, there's a long history there. Uh, you know, and the companies, you know, had some good success over the years. I think they've raised over $8 million. Uh, they, uh, you know, have had some good clients in Stables and, and others, um, you know, that, that I'm aware of. They've even made their own acquisitions over time. Um, you know, Area Metrics, I remember uh, they acquired them also, with, uh, a Seattle-based uh, company. Um, but I haven't heard a lot, you know, in the last couple of years. So, you know, it's been kind of a bit quiet coming from them. There's been other players emerge in the in this in this sector. You know, one company in particular that we see a lot in the indoor um, location and mapping space these days is Orient. Um, you know, out of Israel, uh, and I see them kind of everywhere, all over the place right now, and making big announcements. So I think there's you know it's a bit of a crowded space. Um, and so maybe this is, you know, a good opportunity for maps people to say, hey, let's acquire some assets and some technology here, some people uh, and, and some customers uh, and obviously, a, you know, a position in the UK market. And let's add that to what we do um, and see if we can't, you know, kind of revitalize this and, and kind of use this as a bit of fuel to kind of grow our, our business forward. So um, it's probably a really good thing for maps people. Um, I'm not sure from a point inside point of view, there's no details on, on the financial aspects of this, you know, where they all net out or if any of them are staying, or if the brand remains or anything like that. But 
Um, I know they did say that, you know, all, all the existing contracts will continue to be serviced. Um, so, um, but, you know, like uh, happy to see that Point Insights found a home. And like I said, they, they've been a, a big part of the uh, LBMA and the location industry for a long time. So, uh, so good on them and congrats to, uh, to MAPS people. Okay, final story now. So then coming all the way back here to Canada, where I am, Horizon Media uh, has announced a, uh, a new product called AMP. Uh, it's a out-of-home planning and analytics platform. You know, this is a, a space we've covered a lot, right, on, in the last two years on this show. Um, you know, I think if, if you're in the out-of-home industry, uh, you have either launched a new product or partnered with somebody to figure out, you know, new ways for planning and measurement, um, you know, in this space. And so, um, you know, like a lot of uh, these types of solutions that we've covered uh, over that time, you know, this is all about um, kind of helping the media, media buying companies and the brands understand you know, where's the optimal uh, boards, you know, what are the optimal boards to be buying, you know, for your particular brands, um, you know, and then once you've done that, you know, can, you know, how can we measure the effectiveness of it, right? And so what we're talking about here from our perspective is, you know, the, the use of geolocation data, um, you know, to give you fairly accurate audience insights, you know, counts around how many people saw that or were nearby or those kinds of things. Um, and so being able to do that, I think is really interesting. Um, and I think to do this in Canada in particular, um, you know, there, we have you know, less players in this market than you do say in the U S or in Europe, but, uh, um, you know, to have a local homegrown, uh, you know, insights and, and analytics platform around this, I think is, it, it is really interesting. And, um, you know, uh, um, Carolyn uh, Bergeron is is going to head up this this new data insights group for uh, Horizon. So um, you know she, she's coming with a ton of experience and background to this uh, from formerly from Group M. So um, I think that you know this this is a really good move for Horizon. I think uh, you know for the industry here locally in, in the out of home space. Um, you know, there's been a bit of a shakeup and, and movement lately. So I think this is just sort of part and parcel of another good offering from a, a, another good player um, with, with strong leadership. So, yeah, I think that we're seeing a trend here when it comes to measurement, like all across the board. But we've seen and talked a lot about these um, out of home, whether it's digital or just print out of home, but measuring the efficacy. Um, so I think that really what this is highlighting is that we are now in this age where, um, you know, marketers and advertisers are held to a higher standard and they have to show accountability for their spend and they need to show return on investment. And so everything is shifting now towards more of a performance channel, even if it's brand awareness, it's still some type of a performance channel and you need to be able to measure that and you need to be able to show that, uh, your investment's paying off. So I anticipate we're going to have like more and more stories on this. I know that this is like an ongoing um, topic, whether it's on like addressable television now, or, you know, again, like we said, an out of home. So we're just going to be having, I think, a lot more stories that we discuss <laughs> here on out. For sure. Here. For sure. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's our show for this week. Those uh, four stories, there, kind of going all over the world from gaming to out of home to, uh, 
you know, indoor location and, and everything in between. So um, thank you for listening and watching. Just a couple of reminders. Uh, if you are in Europe and you're going to be at the Geospatial World Forum, I will be there next week. Would love to meet you guys in person. Uh, also, uh, we have our own conference, Retail Loco, coming up June 13th, 14th uh, at the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Uh, so we'd love to see you there. You can just go to the LBMA site uh, and you can learn more about those things and get your tickets and so on. Uh, we're still looking for a few speakers and sponsors uh, around that. So if you're interested in that, uh, reach out to Ariana or I, we can help you get uh, situated on that. And uh, otherwise, have a great rest of your week um, and uh, we'll see you next week with another show. Take care. Bye. Bye.